Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Today we're going to talk about super people live a life of sacrifice. These are the, the, thus the S. We've been talking about the five traits of super people. And, you know, we talked about overwhelming or overcoming overwhelming sin, a uh, life of surrender. Um, we talked about suffering. And today we're going to talk about sacrifice and what that means. And, you know, I, I did a little survey before I prepared this message and I, I texted some people, and I said, you know, I'm going to give you a word. Tell me what it means to you. And I, I, so I said, I said, the word sacrifice, what, what does that word mean to you? And, you know, it was really kind of strange. I didn't expect some of the responses I got. One was sacrifice as a negative connotation to a lot of people. It means, you know, I mean, so why is it negative? When we look and we see the ultimate sacrifice of Christ and the positive outcome. So sometimes we look at the word and we say, you know, that word's negative until sometimes you think about it's the outcome of sacrifice. Now, sacrifice is often not pleasant in the beginning, but once you can see the results and the fruit of sacrifice, it's an amazing thing. And so I know in a world that is, I love the American dream, but the American dream is the result of Americans who know the one who brings dreams and we surrender our lives to Christ and he's the one that gives birth to those dreams and let me just tell you something anybody that's successful will tell you it cost them something they sacrificed something to be successful whether it was time investment in money whatever it was if, if you are have any measure of success you will always have an equal measure of sacrifice if not more and so, you know, you can get mad at people who've achieved, people who have wealth, people who have, have titles, whatever, who have nice homes. They sacrifice something. I mean, some of y'all didn't go out to eat. You know, you had this wonderful home, and, and, and it was a great place to live, but you didn't have any money to go anywhere. Amen. What are we going to do now, honey? We're going to stay home because we can't go anywhere. And so you sacrifice something to be in that home or to drive the vehicle you have or whatever it might be to have all the kids you might have, Rick. Seven. Um, there were sacrifices. And, you know, it's not a negative word, though I can see how it might be perceived as such. I really can. I'm not discounting sometimes the feeling that it's negative. So let me just give you a couple of humorous little conversations between some people. Uh, a boy said, Gladys, do you love me? And she said, yeah. Then he said, would you be willing to live on my income? She said, sure, if you'll get another one for yourself. Not willing to sacrifice to that degree. Another one says, girl says, do you love me? He says, yes, dear. She said, would you die for me? He said, no, mine is an undying love. <laughs> so just, you know, we're willing to go so far, but then everybody has their limits. And so today my prayer is that I can challenge those limits. You know, I mean... Here you are today, you're in this venue, which by the way, I don't know if you noticed, we, we don't have the chiffon, but we do have chandeliers. 
if I'd have known we were going to have chandeliers today, we would have sing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. And, uh, you know... You, you know, everybody's always afraid, is this one of those chandelier-swinging churches? And if you're not over 40, you probably don't get that. But, uh, and so I thought, wow, I thought something was different. I said, we had these chandeliers before? And they said, no, we don't have the chiffon. I went, I am well over 50. And so anyway, welcome to Mosaic. Turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 24. While you're turning there, let me just define what the dictionary says about sacrifice. The surrender or destruction of something prized or desirable for the sake of something considered as having a higher or more pressing claim. So you you look at two things and you go, I want this and I want this, but which one do I want most? Which one do I want most? I was at this conference and... I'm an adopted uncle to Rob Koch's son, Luke. He calls me Uncle Mark. And it, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. So I was by myself at this conference, and I ate by myself, except there was a raven that sat across from me one day. I thought that was apropos. <laughs> that a relative actually flew in to sit on the chair opposite me <laughs> while I was eating breakfast outside in Scottsdale. And so he comes up to me, and, and he says... Um, He's getting married in August, and, and, he, and I asked him several questions. Said, well, what's your greatest fear? Because I said, every, every guy or gal that's getting married has a fear. So what's yours? And he was real quick. He's 26, so he's had his own life, and, uh, you know, he's been an adult and on his own. And he said, my greatest fear is the free, losing the freedom to do what I want to do. I said, that's a good fear because that's going to happen. <laughs> I said... The days of doing whatever you want, when you want, with the money you have, those are over. And I said, so how do you feel about that? He said, I'd rather be married to her. See what I'm saying? Well, it's a sacrifice, right? Because now the two of you, you can't can't watch ESPN at 2 in the morning in the bedroom anymore. I'm just telling you, it doesn't work. And, And if you know a woman who does that, I'm just telling you, she will be prized by all men. And so we talked about, I said, well, that, that will be a sacrifice that you'll need to make. That'll be something that you'll want to you'll consider, the, the, the sacrifices, because the reality is she has a higher value to you than the things that you currently possess, okay? So please understand that anybody that's not willing to make a sacrifice for you is not worthy of you. Don't you think Christ showed us that on the cross? That he said, this is how much I value you. I value humanity so great that I value above myself. That's an amazing thought. And David, who we know, was a man that was said to have a heart after God. He was a man after God's very own heart. In 2 Samuel 24, it says, When Aaron all looked and saw the king and his men coming toward him, He went out and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Aaronal said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? To buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the lord 
that the plague on the people may be stopped. You may, I'm not going to go back very far, but David had made a decision that caused a plague to come upon the people. He realized it, and he valued the people, regretted his decision. Aronos said to David, let my lord the king take whatever he pleases, whatever pleases him and offer it up. Here are my oxen for the burnt offering, and here are the threshing sledges and the ox yokes for the wood. O king, Aronal, O king, Aronal gives all these this to the king. Aronal also said to him, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king replied to Aronal, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. This is a precedent for all mankind from that moment on. The question is, what are we willing to offer the Lord? What are we, you know, what's our sacrifice? Now, in America, the sacrifice is, I'm going to get up at 8.30 and shower and go to church. That is a sacrifice. Somebody says, no, that's not a sacrifice. It's a desire of my heart. I get that. It's one of mine too. But I'm telling you, there are, there are some Sundays, it's a real sacrifice. You know, you're like laying there going, man, it's raining outside. I think I'll just worship at St. Mattress Cathedral today <laughs> and stay right here where I'm at because God loves me unconditionally, and that's true. God does love us unconditionally. God is crazy about us, and, and that's the beauty of sacrifice is that without doing anything, God loves us. But by sacrificing and doing what we do, communicates our love for God why because he gave the highest sacrifice thousands of years ago by sending his son he said I don't I don't have to do this I can wipe everything out and start over but he didn't he said I value you so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my only begotten son don't have to but that's the value I place on you so it'd be real easy for us to have a conversation one-on-one, -on -one, if we were going to be honest, we could say, you know, what are the things in my life that I'd have a really difficult time giving up? And if God asked me to, I would. When I was new in the Lord, how many of you know that you say stupid things to God? You pray stupid prayers. And then God answers them. But you don't realize the cost while you're praying them. You know, I said, God, if you're going to do anything great in the world, let me be a part of it. And I was, I was blessed. I was having this incredible time in my life. I had this incredible job. I had a custom Corvette. I was single. I didn't have to share it with anybody. It was, life was good. And then one night, God pretty much, won't go into the whole story, but asked me to, to give up the car. I didn't think I liked it that much until it was requested of me. And I really played a dirty trick on the Lord. And he's so smart. And I said, God, I said, if you really, you know, he told me, I want you to sell your car. I want you to go back to college. Some of you heard the story. And that night I said, well, God, if, if you want that, then here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to sell the car. I'm not going to tell anybody it's for sale. I thought I had God. I thought, yeah, I'm not going to have to get rid of this because nobody even knows. 30 minutes, I get home. There's a note on the table my roommate had left me that said, 
Dewey Turney, what a name, you'll never forget that one, called and wants to buy your car. <laughs> Time out. I had not told, I just told God, I, you know, whatever, I was all up in God's business, like making God, just being flowery with God, sure God, whatever you want, but I'm not going to tell anybody, tell anybody it's for sale, so God does that. You say, was that really a sacrifice? If you're a car lover, everybody knows what kind of sacrifice that is. Now, some of you think it's just silly. Your car hasn't had the oil changed, hasn't been vacuumed in six months. You don't get it. 32 water bottles in it. Okay, so let me stay on, on point here because we only have a little, we got plenty of time. First thing I want to talk about, sacrifice of self. The greatest thing that we have to offer the Lord is not not, not the things that we possess, but just ourselves to say, God, I, wanna, I want my life to count for you. You know, some of you are here. You're, it's a sacrifice for you to be here. I get that. It's, it's a church plant. Who does this? I mean, I don't get it, but here we are. And, and it's a sacrifice. I mean, Jennifer shows up. I mean, I, I'm glad to see you sitting in here because you're usually in the kids thing. You know, we had people coming out of the woodwork saying, I want to serve, I want to help. So many people have wonderfully, they've sacrificed to help make this, this happen. And, and, and it's a sacrifice of self. I mean, you just said, look, I, I care enough, I believe in this enough that I want to be a part of it. And, and I appreciate that. And I know the cost of that. And, and, and so hard to die daily. It's very difficult to die daily. Every day we have to get up and go, God, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Folks, can I tell you something? That never stops. When Paul said, I die daily, I'm surprised he didn't say, I die hourly. Because the reality is, unless we die every day to self, we don't get to experience the fullness of everything that God has because we're allowing our soul to be occupied by things we want. And so I want to challenge us to think in terms of, of sacrifice. What am I giving up? Now, I don't know how many of you are into baseball. I loved it when baseball allowed steroids. I'm going to tell you why. First off, they're not hitting each other. They're hitting a ball. I love to watch the ball travel a long ways. I, I know that you may think that's a sick thought, but watching Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, I mean, it was just great. Balls flying out of the ballpark, you know. And, uh, you know, you never ask one of those guys to bunt. Are you familiar with what a bunt is? Okay, I know people who say, what's that mean? That means you're not swinging away. You're turning around. And you're going to move the runner from first base to second or second to third by bunting to put that runner in a position to score easily. And I'm just going to tell you, about eight out of nine batters do not want to bunt. It's, it's typically, very few guys can beat out a bunt, so it's usually called a sacrifice. So what they're saying is, I will sacrifice my desire to hit the ball out of the yard so that we can advance a runner and we as a team can win. That's called a sacrifice. We, in other words, we don't get what we want necessarily. All you got to do is have kids to realize this. <laughs> then your whole life is a living sacrifice. 
you know, you, you, you have, I mean, literally, it's a sacrifice. If, if you have anything sweet in your house and you want it, it's going to be gone by tomorrow, so you have to get up late in the night to eat it. It's a sacrifice. You have children. You sacrifice a part of your cell for the sake of the family, for the team, for other people. We sacrifice sleep. Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing. Sleep is an awesome thing sent from heaven. It really is. Now, we don't get a lot of it anymore, but I mean... You know, we live in this fast-paced society and sacrifice puts others first at times and sacrifice sees beyond the moment. So, so how, do I, how do I get beyond my unwillingness or lack of desire to sacrifice? You have to see beyond the moment. You can't just make that decision in the moment. You have to say, what's the fruit of that? If you plant flower seeds, the anticipation is that, that one day flowers are going to come, come up. Tulip bulbs, I, I never forget. We bought some one time, and you bury them in the ground, and, and you kind of forget they're there, and then one day, up out of the ground, they come. It's an awesome thing. You have to see beyond the moment. It's just, it's a bulb in the beginning, and you go, you know, but I, I think it's going to bear a, a beautiful fruit when it pops up out of the ground. And so sacrifice, be, you know, I'm not asking you to be a martyr, because martyrs, are, are the, the end result for them is the sacrifice. That was not even the end result for God. When God sacrificed his only begotten son, it wasn't to say, I love you, that's the end of it. It was to say, I love you so much, I'm giving my life, and at the end of all this, all of us are going to be happy. But it did cost, did cost him something. <clears throat> so <clears throat> we've got to realize, we've got to see beyond the moment. <clears throat> we sacrifice for the weaker, offering them our strength. So ask yourself the question, who needs my help? Oftentimes on airplanes, I'm very sensitive because I see sometimes people that are not able, men and women, who are not able to lift a piece of luggage and put it in the overhead compartment. And, and I'm always aware of that thinking you, you see someone very, having a very difficult time and you're not sure whether to ask them or not because it, will I offend them or is somebody else going to ask them or what if they tell me no and reject me right in front of all these people. We oftentimes don't sacrifice because we're afraid and insecure. It's not that we don't want to help people. We're just afraid that someone's going to reject us or, or we're going to experience embarrassment in that moment and that may be true which that in and of itself is a sacrifice that you were willing to do that sacrifice is very critical to our faith it's very critical to our faith in my estimation in my opinion it's a sacrifice for me to sing and I would sacrifice all of you if I was up here leading and you'd be going we're not coming back I truly offer up a sacrifice of praise every time that we do worship. And when Ben stops playing and singing, I'm thinking, Jesus, calm. I mean, I, I bring it down. It's a sacrifice for me. I guess it's a sacrifice of Ben. I don't think so, so much. You don't get to use that. But 
to me, it's a sacrifice saying, you know, I, and I understand if you sing beautifully, you say, well, I'm just sacrificing as much as you. No, you're really not. But, but I'll give you a little bit of sacrifice. So it's, it's offering ourselves up maybe in an uncomfortable situation that we're saying, I'm willing to do that for the sake of someone weaker, someone's, someone else who needs help. Practice self-denial by design. Practice sacrifice and self-denial by design. This is going to be your homework for the week. And if you're taking notes, you're thinking through this, ask yourself the question, what can I do this week that would be a sacrifice? Okay. If you're married... And, and hopefully all of you drink coffee because God created the coffee bean. If not, if you drink Red Bull, have those in the fridge. But when's the last time, and this is probably going to start a little family feud, who gets up and makes the coffee in the morning while somebody else is laying there in bed? Okay. So maybe you flip-flop that a while. If you're not the coffee maker... Maybe you get up and make it. It's just, a, it's just a little simple practice. Get up early. Get up, get up a little early. Make breakfast and, and take it to that person in bed. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming these are not really great ideas because it's like, well, we ain't doing that. It's a sacrifice me just be laying next to them right now. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to help here. What is it that drives you crazy about someone else and your idea is, I'm going to make them pay? Instead of saying, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to sacrifice. Should I be the one doing that? No, but should Christ have been the one hanging on the cross or should we? I think we all know the answer to that. But he did it and cleaned up our mess. When's the last time, instead of coming in, looking and saying, I cannot believe the clothes all over this room. And I'm not saying which gender does that. Because some of you men are cleaner than some of the women. God help us. And then some of you women going, does he have any idea where the dirty clothes hamper is? And you got these wars going on, and the idea is, rather than helping that person be changed into the image and likeness of God, you're going to change them into your image and likeness. Exactly. So, well, at what point? At what point is the sacrifice? creating dysfunction and codependency that really is not the question the question is how is this helping you and how is this helping them and how much do you value the other person because quite frankly if their dirty socks and underwear and the floor doesn't bother them and it does you then pick them up that's a spin i don't want to be an enabler you're not you're sacrificing probably should move on Those who give much without sacrifice are reckoned as having given little. 
Sacrifice is critical. It's not about doing the things you want to do for somebody else or something you enjoy. Honey, I'm going golfing for you. (laughs) I mean, she does want you out of the house, but you know that that's not why you're going. Honey, I know you need downtime. That's not sacrifice. I'm talking about something that costs you something. David said, I'm not going to sacrifice to the Lord that which cost me nothing. Now, I know, I know these are not like hoorah, ten ways to get rich sermons. I get that. But these are foundational to our faith, to living a life that is abundant because we're saying Jesus, I want to be like you. We all say I want to be like him when it comes to power and authority and all. No, but I want to be like him. And to be like Christ means I'm willing to give up something that I love and desire because I value you more than that. It's a lost art in our our culture. We, we, we have created and given birth to entitlement. You can't blame the next generation for how they think. Baby boomers caused this. We did. Because our parents didn't tell us we could be anything they wanted. They told us what we were going to be. And then we think we reacted to that by saying... Now you can be and do whatever you want. But we never introduced the concept of cost. What this is going to cost you, not what it's going to cost me. I still don't, haven't figured out the perfect way to do this, but there, there has to be some form of sacrifice lived out in front of others for them to even know what sacrifice is. Have we done that? Secondly, major point, Sacrifice of wealth, not just sacrifice of self, but sacrifice of wealth. It goes from bad to worse, does it not? I just decided I'm going to hit on these things. All three of these are going to bug you today. So go back and listen to the podcast. Get a picture of me and some darts and just go for it. I'm going to. Hey, right there. I'm preaching to you, baby, because I feel you right now. Thank you. Listen to her. Sacrifice of wealth. So when we come to the end of life, the question will be, how much have we given, not how much have we gotten? The end of life, you're not going to care. Nobody's going to care what you've gotten. The question will be, in your dying day, what did I give? What did I give of myself? What did I give of my position? What did I give? Because what you got don't matter no more because it's not going with you. Only what you've given will stay and have an impact on those who remain. What have you given? The righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You're thinking in terms of legacy. Are you thinking generationally? One of the speakers talked about think three. 
And in the Bible, you see it, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You see how God is beyond the moment and saying, I've got to see a couple of generations beyond me. And your decisions now to sacrifice and do some things you don't want to do. And let me say this, don't do them complaining. It's the sacrifice. If Jesus would have been on the cross, say, all you jerks, can't believe I'm suffering and die while you knuckleheads are living. Can you imagine how that would impact in the, in the gospels? That wouldn't be good news to be like, he didn't really want to do this. I don't know about you, but when someone is making a sacrifice to me, I don't want to hear about it three weeks from now. Thank you. It's not a sacrifice at that point. Sacrifice releases itself with love and kindness and grace and glad I did it. At least a godly sacrifice. Sacrifice may be the ultimate expression of humility. When you know you don't have to do it. You're self-sufficient, if you will. At least in our minds, sometimes that's the conclusion we come to. But the reality is, when you sacrifice for the sake of someone else, it is the true expression of humility. And sometimes God will ask you to sacrifice for people that you don't even like. Those are the real fun times. And I love watching other people have to do that. <laughs> because it's as tough on me as it is you. God, please let me sacrifice for somebody I really like. No, God says, I, I want you to give it up for them. But God, they're idiots. You say, do you really talk to God that way? Absolutely, because he knows what I think anyway. So I might as well be honest. God, they're so stupid. They deserve what they're getting. And God says, but I, I want you to show them my love. And in the midst of their stupidity, knowing stupidity, you love them and you're sacrificing for them, you want to talk about turning heads. I saw a van on the way to church this morning. It said, invite someone to church. And I, I, I'm coming to church, okay? And this will sound really bad as a pastor, but I thought, why invite someone to church? Invite somebody into your life. Then they'll follow you to church. Let somebody into your life. I'm so tired. I mean, yeah, I want people. I want us to invite people, but invite people into your life first. And then when you invite them to church, they already feel like, I'd come anywhere with you because I, you have shown me you love me not to try to convert me. We've tried to convert people. You, all you have to do is love people. God does the converting. We don't. I don't want somebody to come up, Jesus loves you. I, I know he does. What about you? Because you're the one I'm going to be sitting next to on Sunday. I ain't sitting next to Jesus. If you don't love me, why would I want to be there? I mean, the church is notoriously known by, we, we look at the world and we think the world is so dumb and so needy. The reality is the world's very smart. They've seen how this game is played. Christians kill their own. Why would I want to come to church if that's the way they're going to treat each other? 
So what we have to do is not tell them the difference. We have to show them the difference. Hmm. That was nice. <laughs> Sacrifice may be determined by focusing on intention of actions taken or the results that we seek. Only the giver of sacrifice knows the motivation. Nobody knows your motivation as to why you sacrificed. But you, sacrifice remains a sacrifice, but our level of joy may, be, may vary based on our motivation. Okay, here's what I'm talking about. Do I do good slash sacrifice because it makes me feel good? Or do I feel good because I sacrificed? What is my intention for sacrifice? Now, I'm not saying you won't feel good after you do it. Maybe. Is that the motivation? Or are we sacrificing because of compassion? Is compassion my motivation? Now, I can't tell you what yours is. You can't tell me what mine is. And I'm not suggesting that I would ever know. And it's not important that anybody else knows. Maybe, maybe God doesn't even care. I'm just asking. What is, what's the desire? Do I want to feel good? Is that the only reason? And that may work. Or do I want someone else to feel good? I'll leave that with you. Financial sacrifices get God's attention. You guys remember Mark chapter 12. Mark being the premier book in the New Testament. Sitting across from the offering box, he was observing, Jesus was, how the crowd tossed money into the, for the collection. Many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all others put together. All the others gave what they will never miss she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford she gave her all you can argue all you want that says the very same thing in the Greek that it does in the English every now and then God will require something of me that I don't want to give regularly and it's in those times that I feel the most fulfilled tithing to me is not even an option it's not like oh I tithe God's gone seriously like you think that's all that tithing to me honestly I must be honest with you is very little to nothing to me if I don't tithe that I mean that to me that's not even that's not even offerings are what really bite because God said, you say, I tithe. God said, yeah, but I think I need you to do this for somebody. Now, I just got to tell you guys something. It's, it's been a really rough two years. Living in Texas, when I came back, and I'm going to applaud a really dear friend of mine. I'm looking for a place to live. I mean, you got to understand, when you go through divorce, and it's, it's never pretty. Never. And... And so I, I've got 
every, you know, I don't have a home anymore, okay? So this is really great. I had one in Texas, didn't have one in Oklahoma. So I thought, but I don't want to be a Texan. Come on, man, you got the University of Texas, seriously? Um, so, I mean, I've got some holy reasons here. And so I'm trying to get my life back in order. In February, I've come, it's cold here. I'm like, Jesus, what are you thinking? I could be living in Europe in 30 days. And I turn that down and come back here. And, and my buddy Rick, I, I've been living in one of his houses for free for five months. Yeah, I mean, that's like amazing to me. That was a sacrifice for him. And, and I'd live there for two years if he'd let me. But um, anyway, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, that's not an offer. I mean, that's not a tie. That's an offering to me. And I don't take that lightly, man. He sacrificed for me. And I'm very grateful. That's what I'm talking about. That's an extreme sacrifice. True sacrifice is one that can define the cost. Can you define the cost? I've got to be done here real quick. Probably won't even make to the third point, but I might. When we know the cost and give anyway, nothing is lost. First off, God loves the first of what we have. God deserves the best of what we have. Remember Cain and Abel? People always ask, ask, why did God receive one's offering and not the other? Because Abel brought the first and the best of what he had produced. Cain didn't and got jealous. Are we bringing our first and are we bringing our best? Just a question. Are we bringing our first, which is the tenth, and are we bringing our best? Because that's what gets God's attention. Now, folks, listen, I know you've heard a million sermons. You're, I mean, this guy standing up here right now, I, I'm saying this from my heart. This is not about building anything, growing anything. This is about you. This is about me. This is about us. God, what do you want from me? In the midst of my divorce, I looked at Jennifer and I said, you can have everything I have. Because I knew Jesus wanted me to say that. Now, thank God she's a Christian too. <laughs> yeah, when that was coming out of my mouth, I thought, can I stop this? <laughs> just felt like God was saying Mark this is the attitude you must take you know what I never regretted those words I know this is real personal but welcome to Mosaic <laughs> then lastly is a sacrifice for health and I just I'm just gonna uh, spiritual health is all I'm going to hit on right now. Spiritual health, there are four components. Time, how much time do we give to God? Does God have our time? Does he own our time? Am I willing to give him my time? Second, submission. Am I willing to submit to the will of God, the purpose of God, even though it hurts? It's a sacrifice. You know, I love this city. I love you. But there are days 
that my mind goes to Rome where I would be living right now. There are days my mind goes, I could just be out of here. You ever have those days? Don't say that if your wife's seated next to you. <laughs> Thirdly, honor. Do you, are you willing? See, in our world, honor is a lost art. We don't honor anymore. The Bible says honor your father and mother. It doesn't say if they're good people. It says honor them. You may have horrible parents. They may have been the worst parents in the world. But see, honor is not about what someone's done for you. It's about a position in your heart that you offer up to them because God said to. Tough sermon today. And, and then, then praise and worship is truly a sacrifice. It really is because, and, and that's, that's for our spiritual health, relational health, love unconditionally, uh, openly risk being rejected, and love without reciprocity, uh, without even the possibility that Christ loved us without any promise that we would love him back. And the greatest love that we can give anyone is, is that kind of love. Physical health, eat right, sleep right, take care of yourself. Just bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, we love you so much, and we're so grateful that you sacrificed your only son. So, Lord, we just offer up this moment to you. And, Lord, anyone here that is not a Christian, that's not a follower of yours, I pray for them right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you've yet to say yes to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do so right now. Just lift your hand up, put it right back down. If that's you, I want to pray with you, pray for you right now. Okay, let's pray together just in case. Say, Father God, thanks for sending Jesus. What a special sacrifice. Jesus, today, I accept you as my Savior. Amen.